going on? Player Profiler Nation, welcome to the latest episode of Trade Gods. I am your host, Matty Kiwoom, and I am joined by my fellow Trade God brethren, the morning man, the best turtleneck on planet Earth since Steve Jobbies, Mr. Jason Allwine. What's going on, Jay? What is up, man? Happy to be back every other Wednesday breaking down trades with you, man. It is not not a night like it. There's not another night like it. It's so much fun. Every other Wednesday has become like something I start looking forward to, like a week prior. Like the when when Wednesday comes and I we don't have a show, I'm like Jones and like oh man, a whole week away. Which is why Jason, um, we've decided uh, to do something other than. The collabs we've already we've been writing the articles together. We've been throwing the videos. You've been doing a lot more of the videos than me. I gotta be honest, but you know now I can refocus. I'm back in 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 back in town. Yeah. Uh, but Jason, you want to tell the people what to expect uh, the weeks that they don't get a live show? Yeah, yeah. We were kind of just fiddling around a little bit last week talking. I mean, we don't have trade gods, and so I was still thinking about trade gods. I always think about trade gods. We reached out and we were like, hey, you know. We probably need like maybe some like philosophy videos or just quick little strategy stuff because we talk about it all the time. And we, we have like the tight end strategy, how to trade tight ends, what to do with Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, just like small, quick stuff like that, that, you know, can be its own little YouTube video and can also be something to reference going forward. So so we're going to try to start putting those together as, as time goes on. I mean, you know, not all at once, but just look forward to those guys. Those are going to be so much fun to kind of dive into the weeds, kind of dive into the philosophies of trades, the meta mm-hmm. stuff, like you said, some strategy stuff, uh, because we are, believe it or not, like halfway through the fantasy season, trade deadlines for some leagues are probably a month away. Uh, yep. So uh, we want to make sure that not only are we keeping everyone whose trade uh, deadlines are either non-existent or at the end of the year, we want to make sure that we're just keeping everyone sharp. But we also want to start talking about some philosophical things, some things you can really start rounding out your trade prowess if your deadline is coming up. And you're like, oh, wow, I never thought of something that way. Let me go ahead and try what the trade gods are bring or pick up what the trade gods are putting down. Give it a little college try. Maybe it brings you in trade. Uh, but that's not the only announcement well i guess this next one isn't necessarily an announcement it's more of a shout out what, what do we got next on tab jay what, what do we got here yeah yeah we're totally not upset about this baldwin but you are beating us in our own league right now i was in first last week and well <laughs> this week i i got outscored by you baldwin c22 the rb graveyard in the tgif he has taken the throne he's number one in the league right now enjoy it while you can because we're coming <laughs> you know the tgif is getting hot there are a lot of things happening trades uh have kind of slowed down but it's i feel like i don't know if you have this feeling in your in your gut jay that it's there's just some stuff that are just the teams are i think are going to start either reformulating we're seeing players thrown on the block that we weren't expecting to see on the block so it's only a matter of time for this league to, to truly truly get you know going again get in heat uh, heat up oh, yeah, so it's coming, um, People it's coming. Yeah, they're going to be rebuilding. You know, yes. I'm looking to make some contending moves. Although I am looking at my roster and I have kind of put myself in a pickle. I feel like I have no tradable assets. And if I do trade some of my roster completely changes. So, you yeah, know, whatever. But that's that's a whole nother discussion. It's fun. We're having fun here. <laughs> that's a discussion for one of our philosophy tra- episodes yeah. where we can yeah. dive into some of the, the, the those type of things. The, the, those yeah. overall, you know, meta type of uh, trades. But tonight's show. 
We are going back into the weeds. Every other Wednesday, we got to break down a few trades. Uh, yep. This week, we're breaking down three trades, um, one of which I have never been this excited to break a trade down in our entire recording uh, tenure together as fellow trade god brothers. I, this is the most excited I am to break down this trade. Uh, and then we're going to break down two trades. One, is, they're both in best ball. We haven't talked a lot of best ball, so we're going to talk a little best ball tonight. And really, we want to get into a little bit of the, the, the weeds of acquiring a superstar or trading away a superstar. So we're going to break those down. And of course we have some buys and some sells lined up for you tonight. So why don't we jump right on it with my friend? Yeah. Let's do I, it. I mean, what else are we supposed to do? Not talk trades on every other Wednesday. We're doing it, baby. <laughs> So trade count number one comes from a best ball league, a deep best ball league with some wacky scoring here. Uh, we just also we want to put this in there so that you guys know no matter what your league settings are, we'll, we'll jump into it. We will break it down. Team A is getting Mark Andrews, Brees Hall, Demario Douglas, a 24 third and a second 2024 third. So the pick capital is not all that good. Uh, but they are requiring Justin Jefferson. This is a 12 team. Let me take a breath here. It is a 12-team Superflex PPR 1.75 tight end premium quarter point per rush attempt half point per first down start 14 best. Whew, that was a mouthful. So we wanted that we want to talk about this trade, Jason, because we also we want to break it down on both sides here. Uh, chasing a superstar late in the season and selling a superstar late in the season. So if you have Justin Jefferson, is this enough of a return? Maddie Kiwum, trade God listeners, I am breaking the rule. <gasps> i'm doing it i'm doing it and here's why and here's why and for those of you not not privy i don't like to trade justin jefferson unless i get jamar chase plus i don't like to trade jamar chase unless i get justin jefferson plus however i think in this format things change specifically to me it changes when you say it's best ball because justin jefferson gives you more of an advantage in managed lineups you don't have to worry about it but I believe that the week-to-week -week ceiling that Brees Hall and Mark Andrews can bring, especially Mark Andrews at a position like tight end in best ball, I think that this does it for me. Because, yes, Justin Jefferson's going to hit your lineup every week, and he's going to be consistent and give you those floors. But the ceiling and floor that Brees Hall and Mark Andrews give you is fantastic. Uh, and just to speak a little bit about that, Mark Andrews already has three top three tight end games this season. All three of those, he was over 15 points. I mean, that's really good for a tight end. Two of those were over 20 points. I mean, we already know what his career is like. I mean, a fantastic tight end, the number one target on the Ravens. Reese Hall, since given a full workload the past two weeks, has had 20 or more points in those two weeks with a full workload. We saw what he looked like in his rookie season. We all know what his profile is like and how electric he is as a player. I'm, I'm doing it. I think that getting those two assets, they're very, very elite assets. And also, Demario Douglas. I mean, you're up in New England. You might be able to add a bit more to it, but I think you and I might be able to agree on this. I see no reason why Demario Douglas can't be the next Jacoby Myers, can't be the next Danny Amendola, can't be the next Julian Edelman, can't be the next Wes Welker. I mean, we've been hearing rumblings about him all offseason, all preseason he's been producing. As a, as a six-round rookie, he already has two games with six or more targets. I mean, on his profile, too, he's got the 96 percentile burst. Being a small guy, that's impressive. And we know that Bill Belichick is liking him. We know the route running's good. And we know he's getting snaps already. So the future is bright for that guy in New England. I like him a lot. 
And again, just the Mark Andrews, Brees Hall studness that you're getting at two other positions, I think makes it okay. And one final note, especially at wide receiver, like Justin Jefferson is at, I mean, you can in best ball, you can fill your bench with Marcus Valdez Scantling with Taekwon Thornton's with any other just random field stretching guys that can get you a touchdown randomly every week and get you that ceiling. So I like it a lot. I like this move a lot. You you touched upon the, the things that make it um, a good move, a good package of yep. return for Justin Jefferson. It's the 1.75 tight end premium. That's enough of a premium and the best ball. Yep. Uh, this looks this reads to me. Uh, I didn't get the additional context, but this reads to me as if um, one team looks like they're in the playoffs. The other team looks like they're needing to turn things around or win a handful of their last few games to get in the playoffs. And that just adds a little bit extra. Uh, what I would say, it solidifies the return even more uh, because Mark Andrews is going to be someone who qualifies as a, you know, a difference maker each and every week. Brees Hall is looking like that uh, more and more, especially coming out of the bye. Rumors are that Dalvin Cook is looking to be shopped, and if I think if anyone gave him a sack of potatoes, they would move him. Yeah. Um, so, it, you know, just only more uh, uh, making that Brees Hall bell cow role more and more concrete. Now, what I do want to say about Douglas, Demario Douglas, what he looks like on the field is the Patriots' latest version of Brandon Cooks. Okay, uh, very yeah. dynamic, uh, like you said, undersized, but quick, shifty, and he's a playmaker. Uh, what I will say about Demario Douglas, and I do think he in general is a sneaky ad or in your dynasty leagues a buy uh, yeah. uh, alone because one thing went uh, in favor of Demario Douglas big time last week, which is you know they highlighted Douglas. They highlighted Kendrick Bourne, and they won the football game. The offense, the best they've looked all year. Uh, will this continue? I don't believe it will in terms of the overall offense being competent. But what I do think that we will see is a he will be the number two target getter behind Kendrick Bourne. I don't think Henry, Hunter Henry will elevate to that level. I don't think Devontae Parker or Ramondre Stevenson will be the number two pass catcher. I think the top two pass catcher we'll see for the rest of the season is Demario Douglas and Kendrick Bourne. Kendrick Bourne with the yak ability doesn't need to run a whole bunch of diverse routes to, to be effective. And Demario Douglas is already adapting to this really tough Patriots playbook. Seems like a player to uh, uh, get get your hands on now before he has a 20-point game and people are like, wait, who is this kid? He's from Liberty, and he starts looking it up, and they start looking, oh, he's had a couple of, you know, five-target games already, six-target games, and here we go. He's already, the, the window isn't, you know, nearly as open as it is, and I got it's basically free 99 right now in most leagues. Yeah. Uh, so I do commend the team trading away. Justin Jefferson, this is enough of a return now. Let's get into the trade that I am, I was teasing at the top of the show. Yeah. Um, this is the... Uh, this is the most excited I have ever been to break down a trade. We've kind of teased it. Uh, this is a little Easter egg. We've kind of teased it, but we're going to dive right into it. But before we dive in, let's hear about Rival Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Rival Fantasy. Rival Fantasy, the coolest fantasy platform not enough people know about, but they will once I'm done, baby, because they're always innovating. They just rolled out seasonal leagues. We set them up for patrons, for our listeners, and they funded over $1,000 in payouts. That's what Rival's all about. They're always innovating. They already had the fantasy book where you can take overs and unders, stack them up, multiply your payout, but then they added challenges so you can set your own lines and put them out there for the community, and then you can browse the community's lines and say, hey, this guy's crazy. I'm going to take the other side. It's cool, and they have fantasy bingo. 
Rival Fantasy is reminding me how much fun I can have with fantasy football and use that promo code PLAYER. The promo code is PLAYER. They give you a $100 instant deposit match plus $25 plus a free play. That promo code is PLAYER for up to $125 in deposit bonus and a free play. You can't beat it. Matty Kiwum joined by Jason Allwine, the Trade Gods latest episode out. I've seen a lot of question pi- questions piling up in the chat. If you keep them coming, whether it be philosophy questions, strategy questions, or a direct trade breakdown, leave them in the comments. And if we see enough, we will stick around, do a little bit of an overtime session for you. Now let's dive into this second trade. This next trade is the most excited I've ever been for trade. And why is that? Because it's finally happened, Jay. We are breaking down... The all-line trade. Now, there is no plus here. Yeah. But, oh, I'm so excited to talk about this trade here because the additional context, and I want to give a shout-out to our guy on Discord. Uh, his username, uh, and, use, and obviously if you want to become, uh, be able to talk to Jason and I directly in the Discord, playerprofile.com slash chat, mm-hmm. get in the Discord. Uh, wizened, wizened, wizened. W-E-I-Z-E-N-E-D. Sorry about that. I can't pronounce Weizen, Weizen. But he put this in the chat. He, he let me know. He's like, hey, where can I put this down? Because I, I think it's interesting. I think you guys would like to talk about it. I said, hell yeah, brother. He put it in the chat. And then I got reached out and said, listen, give me all the context. Give it to me. Give me the, the everything we need here because we need to dive into an actual. I want to talk to you two twofold. This, this conversation is going to go two ways. One, now with the injury, who are you taking in a one-for-one? One? That's going to be the first part of it. And the second part of it, uh, I, I will talk. To, I will ask it in here in a second. This is a 12-team PPR, one QB start 10. So you're pretty standard uh, league. This is a fun one. And here's the additional context. The team receiving Justin Jefferson is 12-2. and two. The team that is receiving Jamar Chase is 14-0. and oh. So my follow-up question after you can get into who you'd rather have rest of season because that is essentially this breakdown. What is your philosophy on trading with potentially your biggest competitor as you head into the playoffs? Yeah, where do you want? Where should I just start with the trade and then, or wherever you feel comfortable? You're a trade god. You could you could shine upon thee with the wis thy wisdom. I find it. I do find it interesting that basically second place traded with first place, and that second place gave the healthy player to the guy ahead of him. I do right. find that really interesting. I don't understand that strategy too much. But that means I really like Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And I am biased here. I am definitely biased here. I'm a Jamar Chase fanboy, and I always will be. Uh, he was my wide receiver one even going into 2022, mm-hmm. the 2022 season. He was my dynasty wide receiver one. We'll start with, it's right there on the jersey. <laughs> Jamar Chase right there. Uno. <laughs> right? Right there. <laughs> right there. Right in our face. <laughs> but let, I mean, let's just, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to me where why I just believe that Jamar Chase is the dynasty wide receiver one. We'll start all the way back in college. 2019 LSU goes to the national championship. Jamar Chase has 1,780 yards and 20 touchdowns. Justin Jefferson right behind him, still very good, 1,540 yards and 18 touchdowns. So obviously both of them very instrumental to that, to that national championship run. Of course, Joe Burrow even more important to that championship run. But Jamar Chase already outproduced him on the same field in college. Mm-hmm. Jamar Chase is over a year younger than him. That's true. Jamar Chase has a better profile. Justin Jefferson, believe it or not, has no workout metric in the 90th percentile or better. 
Whereas the only percentile or the only metric that Jamar Chase has in the 80th percentile is his agility. Everything else is 90th percentile or better. He's just fantastic. He's just fantastic. And another reason, of course, is Joe Burrow versus Kirk Cousins or Joe Burrow versus whoever the Vikings quarterback is next year. And while Justin Jefferson is a fantastic wide receiver and easily maybe even just wide receiver 1B, but I just the long-term output for Jamar Chase looks better for me. The quarterback looks better. He's younger. He has a better workout metric. They outproduced or he outproduced him in college. I, I just Jamar Chase is my guy. I'm gonna prefer Jamar Chase. I can't fault anyone for taking Justin Jefferson, though. I mean, I can't. Before we dive into the philosophy of trading with your adversary, your biggest competition, probably, I want to just give my two cents here on the player breakdown, the trade itself. I think everything you said is true. Uh, coming into the year, though, I was a Justin Jefferson guy. Okay. Uh, I still would be a Justin Jefferson guy. Here's the thing, though. Uh, and with the window being open, I'm all for buying Justin Jefferson, yeah. even if it means get you know maybe taking a little bit of a, a downgrade over the next couple of weeks or the rest of the season. Uh, but for Jamar Chase, it feels like it's too much of a bias thing as opposed to a strategy, a winning philosophy. I'm all for getting your guys. Yes. This feels like you're doing it at such a detriment of your 2023 season. And the additional context, shout out to Weizen, Weizen, my man W. I'm going to call him my man W. <laughs> and W for sending this additional context because it, for me, truly drives home how he won this deal. He is the team 14 to know. He also has. Joe Burrow. So he did complete the state. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. Just... And the reason why I think that this trade for me was a slam dunk home run. And even though I do like Justin Jefferson more long term, it's like you said, it's not a lot. It's one A, one B, whichever yeah. side when you're on, the other side you respect as you know, as much as you can respect a fantasy asset in, in Dynasty. Yeah. But the the thought here now that now things may be swaying, they you know, Minnesota's coming off two wins. One in Monday Night Football was a huge win against one of the best teams in the league and Kirk Cousins in primetime. Everything may be a change in here, but the even if there's a 10% chance that Justin Jefferson's out maybe the eight weeks as opposed to the six or the rest of the season because they fall off, you may have capsized uh, your biggest adversary's boat yeah. because what you need to compete in the playoffs is these chess pieces that align. Yeah. You, you, if you so if you're going against Justin Jefferson, you need a chase. You need an AJ Brown. You need one of these top dogs to combat that. If you're going against a Kelsey, you need a Mark Andrews. You need one of these pieces to go one for one. Or it doesn't have to be position for position. You need to be able to lock those chess pieces. And what this may have happened is created such a mismatch in the postseason. If Jefferson's not 100 percent or not even on the field, and now he has just he has Jamar Chase. At 14 and 0, and he can just sit back here and just keep, you know, loading up that gun, getting ready for battle in the playoffs. W's all around for my man W in the Discord. So good on yeah. you. Uh, it was, it felt great breaking down the trade itself. But real quick, what are your thoughts on trading year one for two? So let's just put them, let's put the light on us as well. We're, you know, two and three in the TGIF. Uh, what level of trade are you willing to make with me? Uh, and how would you go about negotiating with someone that, you may see in the biggest game of the season. I think this is a great just discussion in general. It's very similar to just the, hey, should NFL teams trade within their division? You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and I think ultimately, if the trade helps you, don't worry about who you're trading with. If you are helping your team, 
it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on on the other side. You know, if it helps your team, you're good. However, I mean, you definitely don't want to give, like if I'm trading with you, I don't want to give you the golden ticket like I did with Adam damn Thielen. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. Yeah, that was not a good one in the uh, over the long term. But I will say this, and this is we didn't talk about this pre-show. We did talk about the trade. I would have given Adam a Thielen away for a third Yeah. Uh, after I made that trade because yeah. I didn't know what was happening. And now look at it, it's like, ooh, baby. Yeah. That's just, I mean, that's just the whole nother aside. You know, it's funny how that's, we're not talking about that. We're talking about trading yeah, um, with it, your adversary in the season. Like we're yeah. almost we're halfway through now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, ultimately, I'm just trying to help my team. So I guess that's how I'm answering the question. If I'm helping my team be damned what the other side is here, I want I mean, like ultimately, like maybe I want like if I have a player, like say I like Ke- or I have Keenan Allen on my roster, and I think that this is a great place to start. I want to sell Keenan Allen so bad. I, I really like, I want to sell Keenan Allen. I, I'm very scared of that asset. I think it is a very fragile asset. I don't care how well he's playing right now. I really don't. So, you know, maybe that's the perfect asset for you to trade to your competitor because on paper, Keenan Allen is looking fantastic, but deep down inside my soul, my gut, I, I don't feel like his production rest of season will match where his value's at. And that isn't ever going to come from, some dynasty rankings like that's something that you that's a decision you have to make yourself really like if if you decide to sell high on a player to your competitor it's got to be someone that you have conviction in that you know you're you're making them pay up for an asset that they shouldn't be paying up for that that's probably where where i would maybe work in some strategy there um if you're not feeling good about a player perhaps try to sell them to the guy that you know you're competing with you i mean i think the gist of what you're saying is kind of my philosophy as well i think that's the best way to go about it, uh, you should only care about what you're adding. Uh, I mean, obviously care about what you're giving away in terms of the trade value, but don't worry about the other team. Don't worry about making another team better. Always yeah. care about making your team better. Uh, yeah. I'm in with my home league, the team that uh, we were in the championship last year against one another. Uh, we're both looking like we're going to make the playoffs this year. Uh, I went to him for Alexander Madison. I needed a running back too. I'm getting desperate at this point. I'm, you know, I keep turning to, to you know, Antonio Gibson, uh, Samaj P. Ryan. Like I'm turning to those guys. So I'm getting a little extra desperate. So I went for Alexander Madison, who's on his bench. Uh, and the answer I got was, I'm not trying to help you out right now. And it was like, okay, I get it. Strategy. Cut to Monday night. Cam Akers gets the last ten of thirteen carries. Yep. Uh, my desire for Alexander Madison already dwindled, so he could have gotten something. He yep. could have gotten off that exit ramp, like you mentioned, and then sold that potential ticking time bomb to his biggest competition or one yep. of his biggest competitions, and he didn't take that because he wanted to take the lame duck side. And that's yep. also a lesson that you can't let that uh, you can't let those factors outweigh your overall value breakdowns or your win breakdowns because that's how you're going to win in fantasy. Uh, the one thing I will add, though. I don't mind trading with my adversaries, but let's say, Jason, you know, in TGIF, we are projected to play, and I'm not, I haven't looked at the schedule. If we're projected to play each other in two weeks, yeah, I am a lot more reluctant to trade you a play. I think you could beat me within two weeks, knowing that we're both competing for that, you know, those top two seeds. Uh, that would make me a lot like I am, I am more likely to trade with players I've, I've played against. Because yeah. then it can't burn me to the playoffs. And by then, we might be playing a whole new set of fantasy rules. Like, uh, remember a few years ago when people were starting uh, the running back from the Saints? We're drawing a blank on his name, but he was Tim a Hightower. 
Tim Hightower. Like yep. we may be we might be playing CJ Anderson of this season. Like there's a whole new set of rules we might be playing with in the playoffs. So I don't care about trading with people I might play in the playoffs. I care more about people I'm going to be playing within the next couple of weeks because those wins do mean a whole lot to me now. And if you can look and you see, oh whoa, he's got a oh he's got a buy in week ten. I play in week ten. Maybe he won't look at it. That is a move I will kind of deploy. It's kind of one of my my, my 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 dark magic type of move, but that's a good one. Uh, that is also I want I want to talk to you about that because I also want to give the folks listening why they should tune in to our philosophy episodes that are going to be dropping uh, the weeks that you don't get the trade gods live because this is the type of things we're going to dive into and we'll get into a, a lot more of it when we get into just philosophies, just strategies, things of that nature. So let's move on to the third trade again. I can't believe we finally did it. Took us how long to get a Jason Allwine trade? The rule, the the one for yeah. one, and it finally happened. We might be came through. What, what we might be like nearing our one year anniversary. We yeah, really sure. might. no, we're right around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I think it around was Halloween. No, yeah, I think it was right around Halloween, like November ish. We'll have to. It may I'm have gonna, already passed. I don't think it this time yet. frame. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and like pull up our YouTube and look later. But uh, that yeah, way we'll I'm have not. to have a birthday celebration next week, regardless if it's hasn't yeah. happened. If it has happened, we'll have a birthday dynasty roundtable. Get out of here! We've got to <laughs> do the trade God's birthday. <laughs> You know, maybe, maybe we'll have them on as a collab episode, all four of us, yeah. and they can just come celebrate our birthday. Oh, uh, but yeah. no, shout out to Matt, shout out to Seth. Those guys are the best. Here's <laughs> trade number three. I, I I brought trade number three out here because uh, I, we don't do this every week. We do try to do this a lot where we bring one of our trades to the table because mm-hmm. I think it's good for our listeners to see into our kind of thought process and see it in action. So the third trade is one that I made uh, in a pretty deep league, very similar to the first league we're talking about, 12-team PPR Superflex, another very tight end premium, but that doesn't come into account here. Deep rosters and best ball. And I was approached with this offer. So uh, I want to ask you overall, you don't have to really dive into whether you like the trade or not, just more of when you're trying to sell a superstar in fantasy, are you one to put them out there in offers or are you one to wait to see those offers come in and put them, let's say, on the trade block? I probably am one to put on the trade block. I will say, though, I hate I hate this. I hate this. You might, too. When you put a player on the trade block and then everyone in your league is like, oh, he's selling low. I can get him for cheap. He doesn't want him. No, that's not what the trade block means. <laughs> it just means, you no. know, if you want to send some offers, send them my way, you know, and, and we'll go yeah. from there. Um I think this trade in particular is very interesting because Christian McCaffrey was my very first sell candidate of this season on, on, mm-hmm. on the original trade gods article. And I still believe it. Like I Christian McCaffrey is not a player. I want to roster mostly because of a personal grudge. The, you know, the, the first year I ever got him <laughs> on a roster, he was out, he got injured like week three or whatever. and was out. Yeah, the whole that season. was that season. Okay. <laughs> so I've just never had him since never really wanted him since, but um, and I mean, obviously a fantastic asset. And that being said, this is, not enough to sell Christian McCaffrey. So I'm I'm commending you for getting this trade done. You know how I feel about 25 firsts. You definitely know how I feel about 2026 firsts. What year is that? What's going to be happening? I could be driving a hover a hover car uh, in 2026. Right? People might be maybe I might be doing that that rookie draft with uh, from the metaverse. You know, my <laughs> yeah, avatar might be selecting whoever Arch Manning in this first round or whatever. <laughs> yeah yeah all our fantasy games are gonna be madden sims it's, it's you know whatever <laughs> right fantasy so, might be made illegal by a, a president we haven't thought of i know yeah, we're talking yeah. like it's 50 years from now it's two years 
but yeah, I, this is this is not enough for me. I mean, to, to get into the brass tacks of it, Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown in 16 straight games. He's the focal point of the San Francisco offense. And they've got George Kittle. They've got injured Debo Samuel. Brandon Ayuk is breaking out. But it, it's Christian McCaffrey. I mean, it, he's the offense. This is just nowhere near enough of a return, even if um, Mims pans out. Even if Mims ends up as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, this is not enough. And we've seen some ceiling from him. He's already got two 15-point-plus games. He's got second-round draft capital. We're looking at one of these Broncos receivers being moved, and he'll be probably a focal point of this offense. It's just it still never enough. Even if you're rebuilding, it's just it's 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 not enough. You're never you're not going to be able to use those picks for so long. It's nothing. Yeah. You've just set your you've set your franchise back, in my opinion, uh, for a wide receiver that you you could have drafted in the second third round of this year's draft, uh, and probably a very similar wide receiver will be in the 2024 draft class that you could get in the second third round. And guess what? You didn't get any 2024 picks in this one either. So, yeah, I, I, I love this trade for you. Congratulations on getting Mr. McCaffrey. I, I mean, I was psyched to get it, I'm not, but I'm not going to sit here and gloat because the, the, the person in the league who made the trade, like he's loading up on picks. That's how he's going to yeah. attack this thing. He's going to have a ton yeah. of picks, and he does have a lot. Uh, so I'm not going to criticize him for his strategy. But what I am going to say is, uh, as a piece of advice, again, uh, more philosophy than this trade breakdown is, if you're selling your, your one, of these, one of these top dogs, your first offer should make them tell you to F off. Yeah. And go from there because you should never put one out that you're like, Oh, I wasn't sure if I liked it. No, if you're selling and you're putting the offers out there, shoot for the moon. Uh, because you can always negotiate a guy like McCaffrey. And I'll say my team in this league is middling. I'm not yeah. in the playoffs. I am not a favorite. I am going to have to win some ball games. Uh, but McCaffrey is going to help me do so. And the fact is now I don't have my 24 first. I already traded that for Cooper cup at the beginning of the season. So I'm kind of in for a penny in for a pound type of approach. And I'm trying to make, I'm trying to, I was in the playoffs last year and I hate not being in the playoffs. Uh, so I was happy to make this trade. What I will also offer is this piece of advice. Don't make prospects that you value a part of the trade make you should always buy low on these prospects do not put these guys in a trade like this because now what they've done is they haven't given themselves any real leverage yeah. uh, over the next three years because had you know if mims doesn't pop well then you have to wait till 2025 and if the 2025 is a bust you gotta wait till 2026 you've, you haven't really leveraged these things where if he had come to me for mims he could have sold me on you know and i don't take my word for this because i haven't really broke down what i'm needing in that league but let's say i needed a running back and you come to gus edwards i might be saying thing i might be thinking yes i got some depth at receiver or if you come at me with whatever a win now yeah. piece because clearly i'm looking to try to win now you could have yeah. gotten Mims lower and then sold McCaffrey even to me later for a windfall of a, maybe a few extra picks or a little bit more prospect value. Who's peaking, uh, uh, you know, a JSN, uh, an Addison, like these rookie prospects that you might like uh, that has peak value. Uh, another guy that comes to mind is Michael Wilson. I love Michael Wilson over yeah. the long term, but I will not put him in a deal if I'm selling a main piece. That's someone I'm going to try to go get on the low because the value around him is a little bit lower than I think his skill set has shown. He's on pace for over 800 receiving yards. So that's a guy like that. So yeah. Mims falls in that bucket for me, but I'm happy with it. Yeah. Also, Tyrod Taylor in best ball, is gonna, he's not going to be nothing. As long, if Daniel Jones is going to yeah. be dealing with a neck injury. Yeah. You know, this guy, you know, Tyrod Taylor may also 
help get me in the playoffs. So um, yeah. those are going to be the three trades that we're breaking down here. Uh, we want to thank you guys for rock with us. Again, leave those questions in the chat. We'll get to those in our overtime session. But before we do that, let's get into the segment that uh, America just loves. It's the best segment in fantasy football. It's time to buy and sell. Three players to buy, three players to sell. Going into week eight, cannot believe we are already in week number eight. The first guy is uh, someone that I would like to talk about. It is a rookie wide receiver, and that's Rashi Rice. Yeah. I yeah. am Rashi Rice. A uh, friend of mine um, has been uh, – a friend of mine, Frank Amarante on Twitter, uh, he tweeted this out. Here are the route percentages for Rashi Rice over the course of the season. 27, 13, 51, 47, dropped down to 23, but over the last two weeks, 50 and 65%. That route participation rate is starting to go up and up and up, and with good reason because he is becoming the trusted number two for Patrick Mahomes in the offense. since week three, seven targets, five targets, five targets, four and six. He has two touchdowns since week three. He has finished inside the top uh, 25 twice, the top 35 three times. Uh, and that is a, a, a role that I see yeah. growing. And I think that because a lot of folks weren't super interested or excited about Rashi Rice and his prospect profile coming in, the price is still very obtainable. You're not having to reach, but they got some big games coming up. That that Germany game against the Dolphins uh, in two weeks, if Rashi Rice scores a touchdown or goes over a bill, it's going to be tough to get a guy like Rashi, and I think that now is the time to buy before it is too late. Jason, who is the first buy candidate that you'd like to talk about? Yeah, mine is Cooper Cup. Mine is Cooper Cup, and I, I, I've i just never seen so much negativity around the superstar. <laughs> like I, he came back and commanded the same amount of target share he always has, and then he had another week commanding the same amount of target share he always has, and then he has one decent week, so what, seven, eight points? Can't be too upset about it, but he's outperformed by the rookie Pukunakua, who just everyone is fawning over, reasonably so. Cooper Cup is not going anywhere and stop pretending like he is. Cooper Cup is still so good at football and will still be on the Rams forever. It's it's not like he's 40 years old. He's only 30. And for superstar wide receivers, that's actually not that old. I know in Dynasty, you hear that 3-0 and you're like, oh, I'm out of here. I got to get out of here. But, <laughs> but DeAndre Hopkins is 31. Devontae Adams is 31. Randy Moss played till he was, what, 35? Terrell mm-hmm. Owens played till he was 37. Stephon Diggs is performing amongst the top of the league. He's 29 or 30. Tyreek yeah. Hill is right around 30. He's one of the yeah. best wide receivers in the league. Antonio Brown, even though he's cuckoo and a humongous scumbag, he was still good until he did yep. jump a jacks off the sideline. So, uh, yeah. yeah, receivers, especially of this skill set, are typically lasting a little bit longer in their careers than, say, a Calvin Johnson type. Yeah, definitely. And so I just – I think that – you could buy him and you could have him three, four more seasons, like legitimately. He's a, we talked about it earlier this off season on a trade gods episode. I can't tell you which one, but I, we talked about Cooper cup and I was like, I'm not worried about this injury. I'm trying to buy him. He's the type of receiver to where the athleticism has never really mattered. It's about his understanding of the defense, understanding of the pockets, running good routes. And he won't stop doing that. He could run those a little bit less fast, maybe, 
but he's still commanding over 30% target share, which is just ridiculous. And so right now he's sitting at wide receiver 18 on the player profiler dynasty rankings on keep trade cut a little bit higher, a wide receiver 16 wide receivers like Brandon Ayuk and Drake London are sandwiching him. I mean, I know that those are some really good assets, but especially if I'm a win now team, I, I would rather have Cooper cup. And so I, I mean, I'm buying, I, I really do think you could get him for a good price. You mentioned getting him at, uh, for a first uh, before he returned. I mean, I still think the price is right around there. It might take a first and a second, but I, I honest, I don't think he's in two firsts territory, but I, I think he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's like you said, even though the last week's game, uh, wasn't great in terms of fantasy output, he was still absolutely, uh, a volume monster. The targets were there. So uh, I'm not worried about him. The only thing I want to add, because, uh, I want to keep the thing to keep the train moving is we kind of knew, I think it was even pretty obvious for most of us to realize that the Puka Nakua Cooper cup was going to look something like Robert Woods in Cooper cup. Yeah. Uh, but what we did not know is that role was going to be interchangeable. That yeah. it's going to be Cooper cup being Cooper cup every week. Cooper cup will yeah. be Robert Woods and Puka Nakua will be called Cooper cup. Yes. So I think that buying Cooper Cup is a great idea. I think from now until your trade deadline, if those roles flip flop, always try to attack the one who just had a bad game. Yeah, why not? Why the not? Week they could come back because Pukunakua, Cooper Cup are absolutely super relevant league winner type players from now to the end of the year. So I love that buy. Uh, my next buy is actually real quick. It's Bijan Robinson, and I'm, it's something I call a butt hurt buy. It, it, the odds of you acquiring Bijan at any type of discount are slim to none, but guess what? People are butthurt. People yeah. are sitting there. They are butthurt that he did not play. There was no indication that that was going to happen. Um, and he got a straight point three. He got almost a zero in matchups that could have mattered, uh, especially teams that mostly have Bijan or teams that had early round one picks uh, or used high-end draft capital to secure Bijan Robinson. So they may be pissed. Right. Yeah. That this happened, they may be saying to themselves, "This is always going to happen with Arthur Smith." Ba 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 ba. I'm throwing out offers. It's worth it. It's a butt hurt yeah. buy. You may not get any results from it, but I'm trying it because these windows to buy superstars are always so slight. And if you could jump in and get him at even 92 percent of, of a dollar, like I mean, 92 cents on the dollar, you got to try to do it. You got to do it because Bijan is unattainable every single time he has a big week or has a great highlight. And I know yeah. you feel Bijan is nasty so if you could buy him and on any type of butthurt deal you got to take it right yeah no definitely yeah let's do it i think i i sent you what i traded for Bijan robinson in a league right it was something ridiculous ridiculous. this was the beginning of the year you've gotten him throughout the entire season it's been worth it yeah yeah so you know the value and then you're not selling low that's why i said the it may not be a fruitful uh endeavor but it definitely needs to be one i think that our listeners should try because if yeah. someone's just like, especially in our redraft, our redraft listeners throw oh, offers yeah. at Bijan, throw them because you could maybe tackle on a, a few big weeks of a, a middling type player and reel in a guy like Bijan. You'll take that because he's an absolute stud. So those are our three buys. We've got Rashi Rice, Cooper Cup, Bijan Robinson, two rookies sandwiching a grizzled vet. Now let's move on to our sell candidates. Jason, who's the first one you'd like to talk about? You got some hot ones tonight. <laughs> Yeah. Who are you selling? I never have cold sales. I never you do. You always I have hot think. sales. You do. And that's and that's the whole point, right? That's yeah. the whole oh, point yeah. of selling in fantasy football is you've got to time the market. And I'm 
time with AJ Brown. Oh, sell AJ Brown. Go ahead. The floor is yours, my friend. If five straight 125-yard games, if being the wide receiver three in our dynasty rankings on keep trade cut among any person you ask, if being top five in any meaningful metric you can look at isn't the top of someone's market, I don't know what is. And we've talked about it. I've talked about it a lot. Yep. Whoever's wide receiver three is never becoming wide receiver two. They're never becoming wide receiver one. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson can't be passed. A.J. Brown is two years older than that. Three years older than Chase. He's wide receiver three right now, reasonably. He's my wide receiver three. But if you can get a wide receiver three type return for him, you have to do it. Devontae Smith isn't going to be rendered to nothing rest of season. A.J. Brown even has an injury history going back to his Tennessee Titan days. It's tough to do, I know. But just to, you know what, screw it. I'll victory lap. (laughs) I'll victory lap. You know, maybe that'll help. My cells, the past few trade gods have been Justin Herbert last week. Brock Purdy two weeks ago. Now look at that. Uh, Early in the season, I was talking about selling Zay Flowers for Jordan Addison Plus. You know, I just, I, 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 AJ Brown, we're at the top of his market. As much as it sucks, it can't get any higher than this. And so if you can sell for a reasonable return, a good return, you have to do it. I mean, I've been seeing him flipped for with not much added for Jamar Chase, for Justin Jefferson. And I, I think that that is exactly what you're trying to do with him trying to get yourself into the ballpark of one of those two people. Or if you're win now, go after like a Cooper Cup and shit. You could probably get Cooper Cup and Christian McCaffrey for this guy. Right. I mean, for sure. Uh, our guy, Anthony, in the chat, he talked about tearing down from Antonio, uh, a guy like A.J. Brown. And that's what you're really just seeing in here is the we, we bring this up all the time here on Trade Gods, how important it is to, to play the market, to sell at peak. Um, of course, if you're winning right now, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be tough to to conceptualize and uh, be okay with trading a guy like AJ Brown. But uh, dynasty playing dynasty is tough. So if this yeah. is on the table, it's something that should be explored. Uh, my sell here, it's pretty obvious one: Deontay Foreman. Yeah, uh, Foreman just after a huge week, a three touchdown week where he scored 30 points, uh, he saw his warp absolutely catapult up to the 25th highest running back. That's how fragile the position has been this year. Now, what I'm not I'm not saying here that you should flip him for someone who has an equal warp like a uh, Josh Downs that's not happening, a DK Metcalf that's not happening. Uh but what I'm here to say is whether you're a contender or a pretender, capitalizing on these launches, these booms of value yeah. could be super fruitful because someone in your league would die to have a 32-point former uh, is there running back too? Uh, and they may not be willing to pay up for it, but if you can get a Rashi Rice, a Michael Wilson, if you can get a Gabe Davis, if you can get yourself uh, maybe a forgotten Tank Dell, if you need to repurpose for a different position, maybe you're deep at running back and you'll never use him and you want to say, give me that 2-2 Atwell. He's been looking okay. Give me that Tyler Lockett coming off a couple of slow games. Um, this is your chance to do that as a contender and as a pretender. You will absolutely be loving the fact you got a round three for Deontay Foreman. You'll be yeah. raveling and raving and re- ruining and raving if you can get a round three. I mean, a round two for a guy like Deontay Foreman. That's going to be tough sledding. It's not always going to be uh, on the table here, especially with Roshan coming back. But some, you know, a lot of people who are trying to win in the short term will see that 30-point performance and 
they may, you know, they're going to bite. They're going to look at it. They're going to definitely think about it. Uh, but you got to act fast because there is a primetime game coming up. Uh, so if Roshan comes back and Roshan does it on Sunday night, this value is D E E dead. It is dead in the, in the deed. I don't know. I can't spell apparently it said deed, but it's dead. He's dead in the water. D E A dead. So now just capitalize here on the sell. So enough of the super simple, uh, who cares? Kiwum sell. We got a spicy sell. Cause that's only thing that Jason is a selling it is spicy ass takes. So for our last sell tonight, the last part of the show, the last part of this episode, who is your next sell candidate? Jay, I hope you're listening because I've got a quote that needs to hit social media coming up. So Jay, turn on your ears. Producer Jay, get ready. (laughs) It's Anthony Richardson. It's Anthony Richardson. I love Anthony Richardson just as much as the next guy. In fact, honestly, if I could, I will be buying him. However, I'm selling him in, in most scenarios here because I'm seeing some crazy trades for Anthony Richardson. And I've just got to remind people how markets work right now. We're still in Anthony Richardson's rookie season. Right now, it's still in the short-term memory how good Anthony Richardson looked in his limited action. And as such, he's still a top eight dynasty quarterback. You can take him. You can get CJ Stroud plus. If you like Bryce Young, you could get like 100 Bryce Youngs for him. Right? You could get so many different quarterbacks plus for Anthony Richardson. And we don't know for sure that this just isn't his play style. I mean, there's a very high likelihood that Anthony Richardson just plays too aggressively and is going to get hurt again, right? I know that the surgery just came out of success, but back to just reminding people how markets work, talking about this rookie season, how fresh everything is in our mind. Every day we stray further from Anthony Richardson being on the field is a day we stray further from God. Preach, brother. Preach. (laughs) Because I guarantee you on this episode right now, Maddie Kiwu, we will be looking going into 2024, and Anthony Richardson probably won't even be a top 12 dynasty quarterback because people will have forgotten how good he is, and they'll be looking at all the shiny new toys in next year's draft class. They'll be looking at whatever quarterback starts to break out at the end of this season, and Anthony Richardson's going to be forgotten about the person who's rostering him and held to onto him in their IR spot all off season and season is going to be sitting there like, well, what do I even do with Anthony Richardson? He did nothing for me. I'll try to see what I can get for him. I want another quarterback. I guarantee that he will be cheaper to acquire later. If you have him now, sell him now, buy him again later if you believe in him. But this is definitely the top of his market. Every day away from him on the football field is a day his value goes down every single day so sell one last thing man sorry you oh, tuned into this preach, morning preach. you turned in if you tuned in to this morning's wake and take i don't remember who commented it but if you're st- if you're listening here to trade gods thank you for tuning into both of my shows of the day but they traded within the last week anthony richardson straight up for joe burrow and that's where like that's just to me that's just ridiculous you that shouldn't i I don't care. I believe in Anthony Richardson. I do. I mean, he has quarterback one overall upside, mm-hmm. but that's not how markets should work. You can't all only price in the upside here. And that's what we're doing with Richardson. It's going to go down as people forget about how good he looked. And we see all these shiny new toys pour into next season. Love the take. It also made me think another, uh, another 
reason to potentially sell. A, a polarizing guy like Gardner Minshew will only help fog the memory of what the potential is of an Anthony Richardson. I'm not going to say they're going to go with Minshew over Richardson next year. No way, no how. I'm with you. I do believe in Richardson's talent. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there is something to selling now and maybe buying later. Yep. Selling at the top, buying after a dip because a dip may be coming. If Minshew gets his team in the playoffs, which in this division is absolutely possible, that the, you know the, the talking heads will be, is Minshew better than Richardson? And that alone will let you will on back in to the Anthony Richardson business. You can sell at an absolute premium and then creep on yep. back in later and pick up something on the back end here for uh, Richardson. So great take. Love it. Jay, get it ready for them quotes because we got to do it. And everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Trade Gods. Uh, stick around because we will do the overtime session. This has kind of become a fan favorite of uh, of what we do here. It's been a lot of fun doing this each and every week. we got a ton of things to talk about. We've got a lot of things queued up in the chat. Um, so, uh, But that's going to be it for the, uh, the real episode, the live episode here of Trade Gods. I'm Matty Kiwum. He is Jason Allwine, and we are the trade gods. We will see you in two weeks. Peace.